Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. It looks like we're going to have to shut down the podcast for the foreseeable future. I was trying to avoid this happening as of today. My intention was to continue to move forward, but so much has happened over the last 24 hours. Uh, We obviously come from New York, where Governor Cuomo has issued a 100% lockdown as far as unnecessary uh, personnel is concerned. So this kind of gives us a skeleton staff over at ESPN that helps put this podcast together And I just don't want to burden those people with the extra workload of having to do it. There's editing that goes on, just downloading it into the system and just getting me connected from home to be able to do it every single day is just, there's a lot of balls in the air for those guys and to throw them a couple of more just seems to be very unfair. Now, I'm hoping that within the next couple of weeks, things get better and we're able to return. Uh, You'll be able to stay in touch with me at at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. If you want to talk hockey or get updates on when we might be back, but just doing the math and reading the tea leaves and all the phrases that you throw out there for things like this, it's probably going to be at least a couple of weeks. And hockey isn't anywhere close to starting back up again anyway. Uh, But there's plenty of ways to get information besides game misconduct for sure. Um, The NHL Network's got their bottom line. ESPN has multitudes of ways and be able to... Find out what's happening as far as any other players testing positive, uh, the possibility of starting back up again, what that may look like when we do. So didn't really get a chance to let you know about this ahead of time as far as like having the interaction Twitter-wise to say our goodbyes, but we can obviously do that without the use of the, the podcast because you can, again, continue to reach out to me throughout all of this just to kind of BS about hockey. Uh, already a few of you are critiquing my list. I, I did not get a ringing endorsement for the hockey sweater, <laughs> but I wasn't expecting to get it, especially from a younger generation. But if you like cute, if you like corny, and if you like the history of hockey, maybe you would have enjoyed the hockey sweater as one of my top five. I think it was listed as five of my top hockey movies of all time. But I figure for this last podcast, and we've already done all the speculation of what the league may look like when we come back. But I figured I would give like a little bit of a synopsis of each team that you can kind of chew on uh, when we wait to come back here. Uh, And I was just going to go in order as far as the standings are concerned. The Boston Bruins, I feel bad for the the people of Boston right now. They've lost Tom Brady. Uh, The Bruins and the Celtics look like they were primed for at least deep runs in the playoffs. And now we don't know what's going to happen in the NBA and the NHL. And the Boston Red Sox, you know, baseball's on hiatus. They lose Mookie Betts to a trade during the offseason. So I'm sure there's not a lot of people crying in their pillow for the city of Boston. But that Bruins team, I thought, was primed for another run. And there was a very good possibility to throw the Blues into this conversation that we could have gotten a repeat of Stanley Cup final matchup. Because if you remember the last time that happened was when Pittsburgh took on Detroit in 08 and 09. I think we were destined to have that happen here in 19 and 20 with both of these teams being the two best teams uh, in the league right now. Uh, Boston with 100 points and St. Louis with 94. Uh, Colorado right there at 92. And I do think if we come out of this, then 
Colorado is a team that I think is going to be in great shape. I covered the last game the Avalanche played. That was that Ranger game. That was one of the handful of games that were left on the schedule before the NHL shut down. Colorado had a multitude of guys. We had just heard that McKinnon was going to be out for two weeks. Ranton had been out. Uh, they just had so many guys. Grubauer hurt as well. All those guys, and some of them were already skating, should be back when this whole thing ends. And whether it's a continuation of the regular season or just jumping right into the playoffs, the Avalanche are going to be much healthier than they've been over the last uh, month or so and are going to be a very dangerous team. Uh, the Lightning went into this hiatus winning only three of their last ten and have been very pedestrian. But I've got a theory on that. Well, first of all, they lost Stamkos. Uh, you can't lose one of the best players on your team and not have it affect you. But ultimately, I think they realized they weren't catching Boston. Eight points back of the Bruins. But I still think Tampa is very much a cup contender. I think they learned from what happened last year. And if Hedman is healthy, and there's every reason to believe he would be, and Stamkos comes back healthy, and Kucherov is 100%, there's no reason to believe that Tampa can't be in the conversation. Um one of the losers in this whole thing is less games to be played for Alexander Ovechkin with the Washington Capitals. Uh, so much talk around the Caps, and could Ovechkin get to 50 again? Could Ovechkin possibly catch Gretzky? Gretzky, 894 goals. Ovechkin right now with 706. And next up on the list will be Mike Gartner, who has 708. So probably if they played this last week of hockey, Ovechkin would have had sole possession of seventh place on the list, but you know that's going to have to wait for another day. But um, obviously a lot of games, uh, as many of the uh, 69 games Washington had played, so 13 games left on their schedule. I'm not sure that we're going to be making up any of the regular season games, so that's 13 games off of Ovechkin for a chance to catch uh, the great one. But Washington, I'm not in love with their goaltending this year. Holpe has been okay, not great. Uh, Samsonov, I think, is a con- uh, somebody that can possibly win Rookie of the Year, although I think he's not really been overly impressive uh, over the last little bit here. So I got Washington certainly as a cup contender, but things have to change in goal. I feel bad for Philadelphia. Now, the Flyers are having a resurgent to their season. Uh, unbelievable at home, 25-6-4. Their last game at home was a loss to the Boston Bruins, the best team in the NHL. Won nine of their last ten. I think the Flyers were kind of poised for a run, and we haven't seen one from them since 2010, so it's been a decade. I think Philadelphia finally has a goaltender. They finally have scoring outside of Giroux. So I like this Philadelphia team. Pittsburgh is kind of an enigma to me as well. They went stumbling into this hiatus, winning only three of their last ten. I just don't think Pittsburgh has it. But they can be healthy coming out with Malkin and Crosby and Latang. But there just seems to be something missing there with Pittsburgh. And still, they're, they're terrific. They've got 86 points. So it's not like they're completely off the pace with the same amount of games played as Philadelphia and Washington. They're four points out of being a first-place team. But I think the injuries may have caught up with Pittsburgh. But we'll see if we get back who will be healthy for them. But I'm not sure they're winning a cup. Uh, Vegas could come out of the Western Conference as well. Now, they played a lot of games, 86 points, but they've won eight of their last ten. The goaltending's been terrific. But I guess that would be the question for me. Does Marc-Andre Fleury have another run in him in the playoffs? He's obviously getting older now. Does he have the ability four rounds to win a cup? That would be my question. Otherwise, I think this team is very deep. Uh, Edmonton kind of stumbled as well winning only half of their last 10 at a 5-3-2. Kind of disappointing if we don't finish up 
the schedule. They had 11 games left on their schedule to just see how many points Dreisaitl would have ended up with. Would McDavid also be able to eclipse 100 despite missing those games uh, earlier in the month? But uh, Edmonton, I thought, was going to have a really good chance of getting out of the second round for the first time since 2006. Uh, Dallas has been a roller coaster ride for me. As many people who listen to this podcast know, I had them picked to come out of the Western Conference at the beginning of the season. Then you had a dip, an awful start, the firing of Montgomery. Um, but this team has also looked very average down the stretch as well. They kind of petered out there. I didn't like them when I saw them against the Rangers earlier uh, in the month. I think Dallas is a playoff team, but I'm kind of off that bandwagon as far as that team being a cup contender. Uh, Carolina is a team that's 11th overall in the National Hockey League, plus 29 goal differential. Again, very dangerous if they indeed make the playoffs. Toronto, an enigma as well. Uh, so much talent on that team, but uh, again, they played very average down the stretch, trying to hold on to that three seed in the Atlantic Division, possibly falling completely out of the playoffs. Um, I don't really, I'm not in love with Toronto if we come out of this thing. Columbus, same thing. They're a playoff team. They've played 70 games, two more than the Islanders, only one point ahead of the Islanders. But the theme with the Blue Jackets to me has been how they've overcome the injuries, stayed relevant, that they are a playoff team 70 games in despite losing more man games to injury than any team in the National Hockey League. You can't lose a Seth Jones, your best defenseman. You can't lose a Cam Atkinson, arguably your best forward, and expect to continue to win. Yet they found ways to stay relevant. Give John Tortorella a lot of credit there. Uh, Islanders, there's a lot of conversation around Islander fans about if we do go out of this thing and just go to the playoffs, that the Islanders would get jobbed because they've played two less games than Columbus and a point back. The Islanders would go into the playoffs if we did some sort of a winning percentage, but if they just decide to cut the line, it is what it is. We don't have time to finish up the regular season. I'm not sure the Islanders can complain. They've been um, not really average. They've been not very good. Uh, two, four, and four in their last ten. Now they didn't know that those last ten games could cost them a playoff spot immediately. But whenever, whatever, whatever format you come up with, there's going to be people that are going to be disappointed, right? And I think we all have to look at the greater good. If you want to crown a champion, there might be a few eggs that are broken, and the Islanders might be one of those eggs. And I guess the thing that can make Islander fans feel better is that they just were not playing very well down the stretch. Back-to-back overtime losses. Um, they still have to finish up that Western Conference trip, so who knows what they would have done in Western Canada against Calgary and against Edmonton after losing an overtime to Vancouver in their last game. Uh, so the Islanders might might miss as well. Uh, Winnipeg, going to go in. They're the opposite of the Islanders. They got hot, won four straight games. The goaltending has been better. That's always been my question about Winnipeg. Is Hullabuck an elite goaltender? Clearly two years ago he looked like one. Recently, not so much. But Line A's gotten hot. Wheeler's been terrific. Shifley is a, a tremendous player as well when you consider all that they lost. Uh, I think Winnipeg has, has been a survivor. The Rangers are a team that could benefit if we do come back sooner than later and do finish a regular season, because that would mean Chris Kreider would be healthy. Uh, but I think as a Ranger fan, if you're out there listening, as disappointed as you would be of them missing the playoffs, because there will not be a scenario, I don't think that they would make it, um, 
maybe there would be. It depends on how I'd have to do the winning percentages. But I think Ranger fans have to be happy with their future, right? Uh, Panarin has worked. Zabanajad is a star. Kreider is here long term. Um, D'Angelo and Fox and Lindgren have all gelled on the blue line. They've got a legit goaltender of the future in Igor uh, Shosturkin. I think Ranger fans can be upset that maybe they missed a chance at the playoffs this year because of the coronavirus. But this is a jumping off point. I think the Rangers are very close to being an elite team. Uh, Calgary, very much in the playoff conversation. I don't like the fact that there are five um, under goal differential, but they're a team that if Johnny Gaudreau can get going, and it has been a kind of tough year for him, uh, I, I don't look at them as a cup contender, but certainly a playoff team. This has been a d- disappointing year for Florida. I really thought with uh, Joel Quinville in the mix that they w- and, and picking up a Bobrovsky that they would have taken that leap, that step. They almost made the playoffs last year. They seem like a, the same team this year, and a lot of it just surrounded by the disappointment that Sergei Bobrovsky has been. Um, the hope was he might get hot. I still think that they could have been a playoff team. They had won two in a row before the break, but the disappointments of Bobrovsky and, of course, uh, the, the having to trade um, Trocek certainly um, hurts the Panthers, but I still think they might have found a way to sneak in. Same for Nashville. Give them credit. 6-3-1 and one down the stretch. Three straight wins uh, going into the break. Nashville at least staking a claim. little shaky ground for Vancouver, right? We've seen that separation in the Pacific Division. 4-5-1 and one in their last 10, although they did win that game in overtime against the Islanders, but blew a lead doing it. Uh, I think Vancouver is not in the conversation to me as good as Edmonton or Vegas to win the division, and I'm not sure that even if they make the playoffs, they'll make any kind of run. Same goes for Minnesota. It's been a surprise for them. They held on to Zach Parisi. They won seven of their last ten. The goaltending has been very good. Stahl's had a resurgence as well this year, but Minnesota, to me, I still think would be one and done. I don't think Arizona's got the legs to get in. 500 the last 10, two games under 500. I just think it is what it is with Arizona. I think they're a good team, but they're pretty much, uh, after all of the, the, the ups and downs and a lot more ups than downs for them during the course of the regular season, that Arizona not much different than they were last year. Chicago, I think Chicago fans can kind of look the same way that the Ranger fans look at their team. Uh, 70 games, 72 points, 6-4 and four over the last 10. You've got Kane. You've got uh, Taves. Uh, the goaltending has been pretty good for you. I still think there's a nice future. Some good young kids on that Chicago team. And um, Kubalik has just been a godsend for them. Maybe would have uh, been the rookie of the year. So I think there's a good future there. Montreal, just a complete state of flux. I'm not sure where we're going with the coach or the general manager moving forward. Um, I just don't like where they are right now. They might have to make a decision on Carey Price. Rumors were that he might have been moved at the deadline. I think Montreal's got a lot of work to do. Same goes for Buffalo. A lot of work there. You hope Jack Eichel is not going to become the John Tavares of the Buffalo Sabres, where he's just a great player on a team that just doesn't seem to go anywhere. Um, I'm not sure Kruger is the right long-term answer there. They do have some good young players. They've got some firepower. They just have not been able to put it together losing seven of their last ten going into the break. Devils, they've got a long way to go. I was talking to Tommy Abilene. I actually called um, the last uh, Ranger home game against the Devils. It'll be two weeks ago tomorrow. Talking to Tommy Abilene, who was there scouting for the Swiss team, and he was saying that uh, he thinks the Devils have a lot of young talent, and there's a lot coming in the pipeline. It's just going to take a few years, but the Devils seem to be on the right track. After trying to go for it this year, going out and getting Subban and Wayne Simmons, uh, they just have not uh, – that did not work. But they've got a lot of good young players, and the goaltending has been better. Um, I think um, Mackenzie Blackwood has been good. 
Uh, Corey Schneider's been good since coming from uh, up from the demotion. So the goaltending has not been the problem for this team at all. So they've got some good young players to be able to get things going, and we'll see where it goes with Hughes and Heeshear and Bratt and, 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 all, and the like. So the Devils still a few years away. Anaheim, of course, in their rebuild as well. Gibson's a good goaltender, but just not enough. Uh, Getzlaff is getting older. Kasha already traded away. So I think they're kind of in that state of flux, too. The Kings in full-blown rebuild. They still have a few pieces left from the championships of 12 and 14, but we're now six years removed from the last championship. Quick's getting older. Brown's getting older. Kopitar's getting older. Uh, Dowdy's getting older. So they are a team that's certainly in a rebuild. Sharks, major disappointment this year for sure. Minus 44 goal differential, um, 29 wins. What's going to happen with Carlson? What's going to happen with Thornton? Uh, Marlowe already traded away. Uh, this is a team that just got long in the tooth quick. All right. Tomas Hurdle is still a player. There's no question. They still have some young talent. LeBanc, I think, is a good player, but the Sharks are in rebuild too. Same goes for Ottawa. Full blown rebuild there. And to make matters worse as of this recording, and we don't know officially the name, there's been some rumors of who tested positive on the Ottawa Senators, but I don't think it's become official. But it would figure the kind of offseason they had and the kind of year that they've had that they've got the one player that tested positive for COVID-19. And in Detroit, we've known about their rebuild for a long, long time. By far the worst team of the NHL, 39 points. Next is Ottawa at 62. But uh, they finally got uh, made some changes and made some trades. You, you trade away Green and his contract. You trade away uh, a, a CU to Edmonton. I think the speed there is really going to help uh, the Edmonton Oilers. But you know, you still have Lark in there. You still have uh, Mantha when he's healthy. Uh, but uh, Jimmy Howard is just not the answer anymore. That is a full blown rebuild, and there's a reason why they are by far the worst team. In the NHL. So I want to just give you a taste of each team, just kind of as a quick observation, just to as, as we kind of just say goodbye. And that's what we're going to do for now. Uh, stay, stay, stay safe, everybody. I mean, that's the main thing. Um, if you're in the New York metropolitan area, or even if you're not, you can always download the app. The Michael K. Show is going to continue to march forward. So if you want some of me there, and if anything hockey happens, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the Michael K. Show. You can follow me at Twitter at DonLaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. But I know it's a pain in the neck, and I know there's probably a lot of people that are listening to this right now that are in areas of the country that have not been hard hit and don't understand why there's been such an overreaction, but we do this out in New York in the tri-state area, and it's been just tremendously affected. People in in the West Coast as well with the shutdown in California, this is real. And if you're not affected, thank God. If you are affected, just hunker down. Um, read a, read some great books. There's some great hockey books out there. I'm reading the Bernie Federko book right now. Very good, enjoyable book. I, I've just finished reading the Scotty Bowman book written by Ken Dryden. Terrific read. Ken Dryden is a tremendous author. He's written several books, and he did a, a, a just a quick biography on one of the great coaches of all time, Scotty Bowman. That was a phenomenal read. So if you're able to get a hold of that in the coming weeks, that would be a great read. Uh, as well and just try to stay safe all right and i just went to the supermarket today and and everybody was really cool but there was like a long line you're gonna have to be patient this is a new world now we're living in this is not uh your typical everything's convenient do or say whatever you want we live in a world now where there might be lines for gas there might be lines for toilet paper and milk just be patient with one another try to keep a safe social distance and try to stay home 
and just try to weather this for as long as it might be, two weeks, a month, whatever. But I I believe in my heart that eventually everything is just going to get better. It's just a matter of time. But nothing creates more anxiety in the world than the not knowing. You know, if you tell people, oh, this will be over in two weeks. All right, then we just wrap our mind around the two weeks. We, we, we charge forward. But is it two weeks? Is it a month? Is it two months? We don't know. So just take care of each other. Take care of your family. And try to enjoy and get the information that you can. And be careful that way, too. Just don't believe everything you hear or read. Just try to make sure that uh, anything you see on Twitter is with a verified check. Make sure you're getting it from competent people, information from doctors and information from our politicians. And sometimes that's really difficult to kind of sift through. But just don't buy everything that you read or hear because a lot of it ends up being BS. And that's uh, something you just can't afford to have that misinformation. I'd rather have no information than misinformation. So. We'll be back with you at some point. Follow me on Twitter at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct, and I will let you know when we're back or any news that happens uh, to take place. But as of right now, we are going to go on hiatus the same way the National Hockey League did. Uh, be safe. Back with you again soon. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.